0: I told you a few days ago about our efforts to land an interview with Paul Anka. Now, they they reached out to us and said, hey, Paul Anka, he's made a new album. He recorded a duet with Olivia Newton-John. He's going to be on tour. Would you like to talk to Paul Anka? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to talk to Paul Anka. I've liked his music for years. He is uh, a writer of some of the genuine standards of the... Second half of the 20th century, and uh, believe it or not, he became all hot and trendy again not that long ago, when his 1958 yeah you heard that right 1958 hit called "Put Your Head on Me on My Shoulder" uh, became the basis for something called the TikTok Silhouette Challenge, because uh, a singer by the name of Doja Cat did a, a, a new version of a song that. Sampled that at the beginning But it then got very seductive So people would do um, do these TikTok videos Where they would play the clip of the old uh, Paul Anka song And then it would go into Doja Cat But at that moment then it would change and the person who was there on the screen would be backlit with this red light, putting them in shadows, but they're doing all these seductive poses and things. And then for a Paul Anka song. And so we, we talked, we wanted to talk about all of that and uh, the, the tour and everything else. And we scheduled it and then he had to cancel. This stuff happens. And then he scheduled it again. And he canceled again, and I'm like, "Oh man, I don't, I don't know. This is now starting to bother me." So even though I didn't, I didn't tell Paul Anka this, it was like this was going to be it. He was either going to make the interview this time, or uh, we were just, we just say forget it. But he made it. We got him this morning, and here is our complete conversation with the true. Music legend. He has been a legend in the music industry for decades. Starting as a teenager, he recently turned 80 years old. He's still recording. He's still touring. He's still a legend. Paul Anka joins us. And Mr. Anka, it is an honor to have you here with us. How are you doing? Well,
1: Thank you for that, Jim. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, I have to start by asking, you know, 80 years old, you have earned the right to kick back, and yet you're out with a, a new album. You are going to be touring this fall. Why are you still doing it at this pace?
1: Well, I, you know, when you're in this industry and you start as a kid, it's, it's in your veins, and I guess the criteria of it all is as long as you're healthy uh, in any field, uh, you've got to keep doing it because if you stand still, Jim, they throw dirt on you. And I don't know any other way because it's been a part of my life for all these years, and as you've grown and you, you better your craft as a writer and you just keep writing through all the decades, for yourself, for other people and you have an audience that discovers you and keeps showing up every year, you kind of you do it and it's not a hardship. You know, I think we're a lot of us that do it, if we've got our heads together, you're kind of blessed to just go out and have people just, you know, appreciate what you do and then continue to write and something comes out of it, whether you're, you know, producing an album for Michael Buble or writing with Michael Jackson or whatever. It's it's what you do and there's no time frame to that. Now, if, if you if your health is not good and you're not satisfying yourself, you get out, you know, and I appreciate that. I've seen it with a lot of the guys I've grown up with. You know, I saw Sinatra retire three times. I mean the first time I bought it and rode my way and he came back again. But the answer is I still enjoy what I'm doing. I don't go out like two hundred and fifty days like I used to. I just go out and do a certain amount of days and enjoy doing it, and then I go back to my family and things that I
0: want to do. I want to talk about your most recent recordings and the upcoming tour, but I would like for a moment just to go back to the beginning of this. As a teenager, you're writing, you're recording these these timeless classics like Put Your Head on My Shoulder. Could you have ever imagined at the time we'd still be uh, singing and relating to these songs all these years later?
1: No. I mean, I mean, part of that statement is who would have seen something like TikTok? come along which I had nothing to do with I just one day a bunch of kids friends of my son the 16 showed up and started singing it and you know only because of that there's this resurgence of you know fans and you know put you on my shoulder coming alive again you you don't see any of that coming you you can't forecast something
0: just impossible. We, we want to talk about that TikTok silhouette challenge, too, in just a moment, but uh, I, yeah. to get us from, from then to now, uh, you know, over those yeah. years, you have written so many just incredible uh, tunes, uh, the, the lyrics to My Way, the Tonight Show theme. I'm embarrassed to realize, I didn't know until my wife pointed it out to me, that you had written She's a Lady for Tom Jones, I think one of the great songs of the 1960s. Do, do you have a favorite uh, among that incredible body of work?
1: You know, it's always a tough question. Uh, You know, your kids, in a sense, uh, your songs, in a sense, are like, you know, your kids. You like them differently. uh, I can certainly say shoulder from the 50s. Um, I can certainly say my way, you know, from the 60s. Um, A song I wrote called Do I Love You for Donna Fargo. It was a number one country record, you know, to a lot of people. They may not know it. I've redone it with, you know, Barry Gibb and Dolly Parton on the last album. Uh, those those are the ones that really come to mind for me. I think The Longest Day, which I wrote for a film that Daryl Zanuck produced and directed back in the 60s only because it was such a historic day in, for our country, D-Day, and I wasn't supposed to write it. I was just an actor. But I was so moved to be a part of it and to be over there in France, et cetera. You know, writing that was a real turning point as a writer for me, which led to the Tonight Show theme and everything else. So those are my favorites. Um, you know, there's one called I'm Not Anyone for Sammy Davis, which was on our uh, last album, because, you know, you can talk Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra is certainly a great artist, but, you know, Dean Martin was a great singer and a great artist, and so was Sammy. And we did, these were the guys that I was around all the time. So that song, I'm Not Anyone, which I do in the tour, you know, which starts in October and goes right through next year. Are the ones I enjoy singing and then I do a guitar spot and do It Doesn't Matter anymore because a buddy who was a very oh, yeah. good friend of mine and those are the ones that come to mind.
0: I have to ask about your having my baby because as I'm sure you yeah. know it can be a bit of a polarizing song. What what do you think of that song now?
1: Well you know we went you know you, you look at each decade and everybody has opinions and we all grow and so we should. And the controversy, or, you know, at that time, I was having our fifth child. And uh, I've got five girls, nine grandchildren, a son, et cetera. So I wrote it just, you know, from the heart and observation uh, for my wife as, and, and other women, you know. And it, it got it got some controversy, which I understood totally, because you can't, you know, hand out a pamphlet with every record that you record and say this is what I meant. <laughs> and, you know, like Time Magazine and, you know, The Washington Post, a lot of the, Important periodicals came out and said, you know, what's all this hassle about? We're in the middle of a war in Vietnam and this man is just writing person. It was cool, you know. I, I, I it, it didn't really affect me other than the honesty and the statement of it when I wrote it and that was you know, after my way and she's a lady I started just doing my own thing again. So between you know, having my baby and, and sleep alone and one man woman and then the times of your life that was that was my next chapter, if you will and baby was the one that led the way. And I was proud of the song. I, you know, didn't really bother me.
0: Number one song. You can't uh, argue with that. Well, that brings us to 2021. Yeah. Uh, you've got, uh, your, your new album out called making memories in, in including a, a re-recorded version of put your head on my shoulder with Olivia Newton, John. Now with COVID, were you actually able to be together? Did you have to record this separately? Tell me about that process.
1: Well, obviously and good question, you know, we, we, we were all isolated and, uh, the most part, everybody hopefully was respecting that. And what's changed my industry from years ago when I started, it's a technology world, obviously. It's a media-driven society. The technology and recording has allowed us the broader parameters. In in that song, with TikTok and the success of it, and, and all the kids, I mean, it was just an experience and still is, I had to do the song, but I didn't want to do it alone. And I felt... You know, I, I I want a female element. It was just a natural. And one thing led to another through a group that I just talked to her, et cetera. And I'd I met her years ago and knew her. I said, Wow, with well, everything she's going through uh, t- totally a courageous woman with the cancer she's dealing with. She loved the idea and to answer your question, she went into a studio in Santa Barbara, I was in mine and hey, you know, it was like being in the next room but it wasn't. And we were able to do it. And uh, she did a great job, you know, as did uh, Buble and Buccelli, who were also in different places. And Il Divo in Spain, one in New York. Everybody was in a separate place, including the large orchestra that we had, was in Budapest. So the marvel of the technology in allowing you to do all of that, and with COVID, it was amazing. You You really felt that it was without it, we would never have gotten it done. So there's some good side to the technology and we were all in separate places other than Michael who we were having dinner with in Los Angeles and he did
0: it here in a studio. It really does sound terrific. We encourage everybody to go uh, check it out. We're, we're tied on time, but I have to ask about the TikTok Silhouette Challenge. For people who don't know this, it takes your classic, yeah. puts your head on my shoulder, and puts a really sultry spin on this. Uh, I, I was yes. blown away when I when I first learned of this. Tell me your reaction to it.
1: Well, like you, I was blown away. I, mean, I never imagined it, its usage uh, in that form. I didn't imagine it. The way they were using it from the inception, you know, I mean, a bunch of kids showed up at my door, my son's friends, and started singing it, and, you know, I'd never experienced that before. They were all, I don't know, 15, 14, and when it led to, it's on TikTok, and I started watching it evolve, and the usage of it, I I just scratched my head. I said, wow, this is something, and then when this whole silhouette thing started, it, it was just, you know, it it's gratifying because I'm not judgmental and all that stuff. And as off the wall as it was, it was, it was creative. It it was the power of TikTok. I mean, frankly, you know, you want to get something said and it's eclectic what each of us can derive from TikTok. Uh, It was magical. You know, there's no way. Look, there was no way in the fifties that I saw the Beatles coming along. We were just, you know, a band of kids with a bunch of friends and, Adults and everyone else had not accepted us. And, you know, as I evolved into Sinatra and the Rat Pack and those guys, that's all that there was. And not being the media-driven society nor the technology, when I started living in Europe and I was in Paris, you know, going to see a friend's show, and I saw these four guys from Liverpool with all his hair and these guitars, and, and I'm going, wow, those are that's Everly Brothers harmonies. You know, the Everly's were my buddies. I'd come back to New York and talk to my agents, and I'd tell them about these guys, and they looked at me like I was nuts, and beetles, and hair, and nobody accepted them over here. We just didn't live in that kind of time, and ultimately, they went over and got them. So the point of it was, as things changed, and then he went and found them and brought them over, put them on Ed Sullivan, that changed it, you know. That, that was the new change. That was where the doors opened, and, you know, Madison Avenue, and people started to accept Pop music as it was, and then it evolved when Hendrix came along. So you saw this stuff happening, but you could never ever envision what was about to happen where the technology ruled.
0: Acts come and acts go, but Paul Anka remains a legend. We are unfortunately out of time, but you're on tour, including coming to St. Charles, Illinois in October, and the new album, Making Memories. How can people get details on where to get your recordings, where to get tickets for your concerts?
1: Just go on Google it all, you know. They know how to find it. And St. Charles, i got to tell you something. I love going there. You know, Ron and that place that they run and that crowd is amazing. And that's someone start of the tour. And anyone that's been there, if you're listening, you know, come on back. Because, you know, the whole magic for those of us that still enjoy what we're doing is relating to an audience. You know, the whole vibe in a room is predicated on the acceptance between the artist and the audience. So St. Charles, yes. And we'll be in that region, you know, for a good week. And it'll be good to get back on the road. You know, me and the band and all my guys, we're looking forward to it again. It's the first time we've ever been out of work this long. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. I thank you for mentioning it.
0: It's a great theater, and I stand corrected. It's actually November 2nd in St. Charles. PaulAnka.com has all the details. The legendary Paul Anka. Thank you so much for your time. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I uh I gotta admit, I'm I'm really pleased with that, I thought it was a great interview, and uh it is always uh tremendous to be able to talk to people who have made the music that you have really enjoyed over the years and uh uh you know, he he's still got it. Uh the new recording's good and uh hopefully you get the chance to check him out live when he comes to Illinois in November.